0: hello everyone welcome to our weekly podcast here at a plain where every week we get together and discuss the upcoming gospel lection uh, we are uh coming up on the fourth sunday of easter and as always i'm joined with my awesome co-host alicia mcclintick <laughs> how are you doing today alicia
1: hi doing well um it's been a funky week <laughs> yeah Trying to like get back in the groove last week was um district assembly uh for me here so all of our fellow NAS pastors know what it's like when you're tackling all the business stuff of yeah. end of year budgets and assembly business so many committees so oh, much voting <laughs> so
0: um, many and why so close to holy week (laughs)
1: right right why like why right in the middle of like super busy season so anyway is it is the way of things um but trying to get back into back into the groove um yeah i don't know about you but sometimes it's like at this point in the easter season where i feel like well we, we told the resurrection stories. Like we talked about Jesus appearing to the disciples and now what are we going to do? Like, I, I guess I just find myself in this like doldrum of waiting in between Easter and Pentecost. Does that mm-hmm. make sense. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm ready to get on with the work. Right, and we're still in the like. Oh, but what does the resurrection mean, and what is that really about, and where is Jesus, and what's going on, and yeah. all of that sort of stuff. I don't know if that resonates with you.
0: Oh, it does. But it's it... like, it's like,
1: it's like extra long Advent, right? Right. <laughs> where Jesus has sent um, his disciples to wait for the power of the Holy Spirit, and it's like fifty days, and so you're like, well. we are just hanging out like what's going on like what's next like what are we gonna do um anyway so I feel that I guess what I'm trying to say is that I am trying to place my own like angst about waiting in the context of the season that we're in and maybe that will help me kind of make sense of this sort of listlessness I feel, if that makes any sense. Yeah,
0: it totally does. Because it, especially, because we don't just have church services, right? We have the busyness that we're talking about with assembly and everyone has busy life stuff, graduations and all of these things that are that are coming up. Um, and so like, it's it's just a, a difficult, busy time. It can be really disorienting as uh, like the disorientation of the disciples were surely feeling after the the resurrection. And so I, I think there's a lot of lines that intersect there for sure.
1: Yeah, I think then also along those lines is we have this like reflective nature. A lot of the texts that we're reading during this season of Easter, Easter tide in between Resurrection Sunday and Pentecost Sunday, are really looks back at Jesus's discourses and Jesus's teachings. So it's this like, what do we do? Who are we now? What does this mean? And the only answers we have to these questions is to go back to what Jesus has already been saying the whole time. Um, so there's this like kind of reflectiveness woven into the waiting, I think.
0: Yeah, that's that's a great, I think, segue into to reading our text today, because just like we kind of reflected last week in Luke's uh, gospel, uh, it was after the resurrection that their minds were open, recognizing through the scriptures. And so I think we as a community are journeying that way too, wanting to recognize the resurrected Christ through reading of scripture, through uh, communion, through all of the ways in which we've been called to be. So I'd love to talk about that further. I think that's such a great theme to start our conversation off with. Um, But first, let me read our our text of concentration today, uh, John 10, verses 11 through 18. And I'm going to be reading from uh, the Common English Bible today. I am the good shepherd, Jesus said. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. When the hired hands sees the wolf coming, he leaves the sheep and runs away. That's because he isn't the shepherd. The sheep aren't really his. So the wolf attacks the sheep and scatters them. He's only a hired hand and the sheep don't matter to him. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, I give up my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that don't belong to this sheep pen. I must lead them too. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. This is why the father loves me. I give up my life so that I can take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I give it up because I want to. I have the right to give it up, and I have the right to take it up again. I received this commandment from my father. The written word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God. Thanks be to
0: God. And just an apology in advance. There is construction happening really close to my house, and I don't have a soundproof booth. So if you hear saws and hammers, I apologize. uh, but maybe that's good soundtrack for preachers putting together their sermons. So, <laughs> um, but I, I, I really like that theme that you were talking about with recognizing the resurrected Christ in sermons that he had, had already given in words that he, instructions that he was already giving to his disciples early on in his ministry. Um, and y- y- you had mentioned something before we went live that the Uh, prospect of a good shepherd means that there's other shepherds present and there are probably bad shepherds as well but we don't just have that thought we also have this hired hand component and I'm wondering if we could talk a little bit about like you know who could potentially be this hired hand because it it seems kind of mysterious
1: yeah well there's also there's so much going on in the layers of this Metaphor or imagery that Jesus is using, as Jesus is wont to do, he's riffing on previous texts in the Scripture. Um, this, in this case, uh, probably the most likely is Ezekiel thirty-four, um, where the prophet Ezekiel enumerates the. Vicious and false shepherds who have been leading the people of Israel, but not leading them, instead feasting upon them, feeding themselves rather than the sheep. Right? So it's this like pretty nasty indictment of false shepherds among the people of Israel. Um, and then there's a there's a contrast later on in the in the chapter with God, the tr- the true shepherd, uh, the one who seeks for and cares for the flock, despite terrible false insidious selfish shepherds um so so that like so that's really interesting within the context of John's whole gospel where Jesus is offering so many I am statements so many claims to divinity right like as Jesus says I am the good shepherd he is saying I am the good shepherd the way God is the true shepherd right and understand me in in that way which is why later on in this chapter of John so many people are so angry about Jesus talking about sheep and shepherds because he's he's not just talking about sheep and shepherds he's saying I am the Lord right um and they're mad about it
0: (laughs) I am the Lord they're mad about it
1: (laughs) I yeah this is this is my this is my summary this is Alicia's translation of John so, so do you think <laughs> I am the Lord, and everybody's mad about it? <laughs> and everybody's
0: mad about it. That's it, a really good synopsis because it's true. So, so then we shouldn't press that metaphor for the hired hand to be super contextual, because obviously, if Ezekiel was talking about it, uh, Ezekiel's also talking about anyone who has been given authority over the, the people of God and those who might be a part of the people of God. Um, and misuses it, abandons them. In um, Ezekiel's time, that were, was a certain group of people, and perhaps in Christ's time, it might be the Pharisees or, or someone else, but it still can apply to people today.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, And then I guess the, the other contextual component here, the Psalm reading for this week is understandably Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, right? So there's, there's just this, this rich imagery of the divine care and attention and intimacy that's, that's connected there. And so, uh, so that higher hand, hired hand imagery is maybe, don't, don't mistake the people who work for God, for God in God's whole self, right? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think there's, there's some encouragement there that, that there, are, there are many sorts of folks who collaborate with, who speak with God and who let us down all the time because yeah. they are not in fact God and God's whole self. Right. Yeah. No, nobody, but Jesus is right. right. Yeah. Um, so, so that I, I guess I'm struggling with how that piece fits into the whole picture here, but mm-hmm. uh, but I think that's important in the metaphor or, or like unpacking the imagery, I guess.
0: Right. Right. Maybe that's something that would help us with that too is like kind of digging into this question of who the sheep are because I, you know, I, you and I were sharing this a little bit before we went live today. I've really only heard sermons on this as if the sheep are the church or the saved, you know, the sanctified people and those who are on the outside are, you know, perhaps the people who might turn into walls or the thieves or the enemies that would climb over the walls to attack the sheep, you know, those collapsing of, of all the metaphors here for insiders and outsider type language when jesus said i have other sheep who are not a part of this particular sheep pen and so our our pens then the specific uh, uh, covenant or agreement that God has with a certain group of people and yet Christ counts this other group of people that may not be a part of that pen yet but wants to have them be a part of it as well so like how do we how do we juggle and kind of navigate our way through those metaphors
1: yeah totally um and then my my answer for interpreting metaphors is always bringing us back to like the original Context: the original moment that it's being preached, right? And so if Jesus is riffing on, uh, on scriptures from the Hebrew Bible, which he is always doing, um, then it seems like, well, and, and then considering Jesus' immediate audience at the time is first century Palestine, he's talking to Jewish folks, his disciples and the Pharisees and anyone who's around to listen. Um, it seems pretty clear that Jesus is talking about the, the Hebrew community, those who worship Yahweh, the, the Jewish nation, um, and, and all of those kind of nuances there. And, and he has been explaining the whole time that like, yes, all y'all are the chosen people of God. And there are so many more who are coming into the, coming into the fold, coming into the pen. Um, Yeah
0: so then who might we who might we think of these these others
1: that's us man yeah (laughs) i think like (laughs) i mean uh well i won't speak for i won't speak for all of our all of our listeners but but i'm i'm not jewish in any way (laughs) shape or form um so i'm part of this like gentile community this like Sheep from another pen, and mm-hmm. um, that's been invited into like this big work of God in the world, right. so, like a mission to move all creation to new creation, to <laughs> to have like like all of creation be be the sheep pen mm-hmm. for which. Christ is our good shepherd, right? I, I'm the outsider in this story. Like I'm, I'm the, I'm, I'm the one who's lurking on the fringes waiting for an invitation. Right. Um, yeah. Or at least like that's, that's what seems clear to me right now.
0: Mm -hmm. So, so I mean, if we're gonna then really kind of take some challenges away from this text right now, like it's, it's a it's a challenge for us to as the church to not see ourselves as the original sheep pen like we're, right. we're we can't read this as if uh, pastors are the good shepherds you know that that metaphor has been used a lot we are could be potentially hired hands that misuse and abuse our power over our our congregations but mm-hmm. our our specific congregation like my congregation your congregation they aren't their own little sheep pens either but mm-hmm. we're a part of this one sheep pen because jesus goes along and says I, you know they will be one flock like yeah. christ is desiring this one flock and so we're not even supposed to get in denominational terms perhaps that we're the one true sheep pen that, <laughs> that is now, you know, the, the gatekeeper of the mission of God in the world. Like these other metaphors that seem to be floating around are just not really helpful or conducive to what Jesus is trying to get at.
1: Right. Right. Um, and then I think the, the message of grace in this text Really, only comes to us if we first understand that we're second hearers, that we're that we're um, late to the party. We're like we're the folks who got let into the banquet <laughs> by the skin of our teeth, who like got pulled in from the streets, right? That like we weren't we weren't the original invitees into this story, into this conversation, um, into this work, and that doesn't mean that God wasn't. Always on a mission to invite everyone. Because newsflash, spoiler alert, that's what God has always been doing. Like God has always been on an on a mission to invite everybody. Yeah. Um, But it but it was always beginning with like a particular family, a particular clan, a particular nation, which was then blessed to be a blessing to the whole world. But 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 first and foremost, if we're gonna receive the like surprising grace of of these uh, of of the scriptures for us today it's it's realizing that we're that we're late on the scene we're like in so many other parables that jesus is telling right like we're the we're the workers in the vineyard who showed up for one hour and still got paid generously like we're the we're the folks who were at the back of the line and never were going to make it in to the party but miraculously there was enough seats after all right um And, and I think, I think when we properly position ourselves in that big picture, then the, the grace that's given to us is all the more abundant and real.
0: Wow. Gosh, you just, that is so powerful. Like talk about, you know, I think of the parable of the one who took a a seat at the head of the table. And the host is like, hey, sorry, awkward, but your seat's actually down here. Like how often we as the church will read these texts and place ourselves at the seat of the table say, oh, well, we're the we're the sheep pen and, and perhaps this is why. Jesus also talked about the first being the last and the last being first is because we're not supposed to get caught up in who was first called, who was last called. But the one who called us like that's that's the one who what we're supposed to be obsessed with is the one who called us and the way in which the one who called us called to live in the world.
1: Right, which which brings us back to like why we're reading these texts, Jesus's speeches and sermons and dialogues um in this season of Eastertide. Because how else are we supposed to know the voice of the Good Shepherd unless we go back to to root ourselves in what Jesus has said, right? Like unless we practice listening to to jesus first and foremost and the more we listen the more we hear like oh gosh jesus has been sending this extravagant scandalous bonkers invitation to everybody like that's what jesus has been doing the whole time um and and we're the beneficiaries of that. And then, when we appropriately understand that, then then we we learn to operate in the same way that Jesus has been, right? So that as we move looking forward to the season of Pentecost and this this um, this new outpouring of the Spirit, where where suddenly the the flock that we're talking about really is this like. This diverse mixed bag community, we we can we can receive that as the grace that it was always intended to be. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. Like uh, almost. Are you ready? Like are you ready for the inclusion that God has always desired from the beginning? Yeah. Um, of all of these other sheep that um, perhaps by different various. Efforts by those in the world were not included or invited into the pen, but Christ will not only invite them, but call all the sheep to live in a in, in the spirit-filled wall breaking uh, where every tongue is spoken way.
1: Right. And and because we've been invited in like unexpectedly, uh, we're the folks who keep inviting in the unexpected, right?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So that, that then pushes us to think of maybe some ways, helpful ways of like framing this in sermons for our congregations. I think I'll be asking, you know, cause let's say this metaphor is timeless. So, you know, now we have the body of Christ and we understand the, the history of God with God's people. And so the pen includes uh the covenant with the jewish people and now the the church with with the body of christ so then who then we shouldn't be so arrogant to assume that there aren't other sheep still that god wants to include into this work so who then are the gentiles today who then are those that we wouldn't count among us um and you know we might ask as well like how often do we confuse the good shepherd as our own communities or the, the, the we, as we, if we are the gatekeepers to, to God's gospel in the world?
1: Yeah, totally. That's a great question. I think one of the questions that emerges for, for me is not a question I'm posing to my congregation, but a question I'm reflecting on as I am pastorally journeying with folks who are deconstructing who have felt deeply disappointed by shepherds who spoke in god's name who spoke in christ's name who have been deeply hurt and disappointed and um yeah devastated by um imperfect human shepherds at the very least yeah and 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 false devious shepherds at the very worst um and and so so i think one of the things that that i'm pastorally doing in those contexts and in those relationships is helping those folks learn to hear the voice of christ the good shepherd right to to separate the hired hands uh, from the one and only forever good shepherd Mm -hmm. um and, and that's not like a formula or like a 12 step program or anything like that, but just like, like I think that's one of the ways the text is coming to me today in this season of deconstruction for so many people where so many people have been hurt and wounded um, in sometimes really awful ways by shepherds in the church community. Right. How, do, how do we then um, clear out those experiences so that we can again hear the voice of the good shepherd like the one good shepherd right right wow that's so powerful
0: you you just made me think of two the ways that we're we are not conscious of the because we all inherit history we all inherit traditions and practices and, and ideologies that if not questioned, we can just let them govern our lives yeah. um and you know to we we look at the the ways in which israel was functioning during christ's time and they had their own forms of you know systemic racism like with uh, the the syrian people those uh, even the samaritans who were their cousins you know the, all, all of these these forms of bigotry and and division and oppression that even israel itself was practicing even while they were being oppressed by rome right and and so we as the church it 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 challenges us to think of like well i just finished the incredible book called the color of compromise and like this this idea of um not being conscious and aware of the traditions that we've practiced just inheriting culture of segregation and to not understand how segregation and things like racism simply adapts to modern contexts. If we're not aware of that, we can be hypocrites unaware saying that we are a people who want to be radically inclusive want to have all christians worshiping together in one body and yet still function in systems and structures that do oppress and marginalize and segregate uh, us from our brothers and sisters Um, and so like it's this really important challenge of like who are these other sheep that are listening to Christ's voice as well, but our systems are not letting us be one flock uh, together.
1: Right, and um, and then I think, well, uh, again, remembering that our our work here in this community at a plain account is preparing preachers primarily to preach the good news to their church community. So, so in, in these contexts, we're focused on the work of, of discipleship of understanding that Christ has called us to follow Christ's example. Right. Um, so, so in, in this work of identifying who's excluded, who's being left out, who's who's kept beyond the wall. Um, our work is also to do what Christ has done, to seek out that, um, to seek out those who, who are on the outside um, and and break down the walls that artificially separate. Sheep pen. Yes, I, I'm. I'm struggling with this like metaphorical language. What I'm trying to say is that Jesus is the good shepherd, but also calls us into this good shepherding work, which means it is our responsibility to pick up this work of justice and inclusion, right? Like knowing our proper place as hired hands, but what maybe I guess what I'm wondering is what does it mean for us to be good hired hands, (laughs) like in partnership with the good shepherd to, to learn, to love the sheep as Jesus loves the sheep, um, and to not run away in the face of wolves, right? What does it mean for us to be, um, like good and faithful stewards servants hired hands partners and co-laborers right because as we follow jesus and receive the spirit that christ now like breathes anew on us the then the the power of the spirit descended at pentecost all of these images in our liturgical season like one of the things i'm fond of saying is that the same power that conquers the grave lives in us and empowers us to live Mm -hmm. fully lives like like we are we are in service to the one and only true good shepherd, but we are also called into that same kind of work. So we can't just say like, that's not my responsibility as also um, it would like, would be, it would be easy to say like, Oh, that's not my job. Let's leave it to Jesus. But Christ (laughs) has like, Christ has no hands, but ours, no feet, but ours, no shepherding, but, but us. And by some like some divine grace, Christ continues to use us in in our own imperfections and flaws and disappointments. <laughs> um, but I don't know if I'm making any sense. I feel like I'm babbling now. No, but, but the, absolutely. But but trying trying to say that that Jesus is doing some unifying work, and the subtext of that is that that's our work. We're doing that work too. We can't just say like, oh well fix it jesus like no like we need to be after it
0: right uh, otherwise if if that were the case jesus would not have sent disciples you yeah. know jesus would not have asked them to wait for the power of the holy spirit that compels us to do that work as well god has desired to partner with humanity and so we need to be worthwhile good partners uh, mm-hmm. in that sheep that listen to um, christ's voice i think that's that's absolutely Poignant for um, for our text today, and so like I think in this Easter tide, we that is really the invitation if we want to participate in Christ's life, death, and resurrection that we need to enter in through that gate, that, that he is the good shepherd, but he's also the sheep gate. And so entering in through that life, death and resurrection, that same power right. that, that raised him from the grave is the same power, is the same posture, that self-sacrificial love that leads us into this, this gospel, which is the pen, you know, the, right. this mission of God in the world uh, that we might invite others into in the fold as well
1: yeah yep yep and we do that work because we stay rooted um, and abiding in the vine right like all of these other images from the gospel of john that remind us we belong to christ and therefore we're empowered by christ to do the work that christ sends us out to do right (laughs) this is one of the reasons why it's always hard for me to talk about john because it all always feels like this like this like loop that i get stuck in right
0: yeah absolutely Wow, that's, 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 uh, because it does, there's a reoccurring theme that John seems to keep pressing over and over again with different uh, metaphors. But it's so good, because, gosh, just this conversation alone has brought new things to my mind that, you know, I hadn't really considered before. So it's, it's helpful. Well, I, is there any other final word that you would leave with, with uh, our listeners today over this this really familiar passage, but one that obviously still has some things to speak to us today.
1: Oh man. Um, Yeah. I, I guess um, I'm, I'm continually reminded to be, to be rooted in Christ, to follow after Christ. um, That, that, I mean, especially, I guess what I'm trying to say is I feel the weight of responsibility being, being a, a pastor, being in charge of a flock. Like that's part of our, that's part of our language. We refer to our congregation, our parish as a flock, um, right? Like the, that's deeply rooted in our understanding of our vocation as connected to the work that Jesus has modeled for us. But I, I feel the weight of that responsibility really heavily um, a lot of, a lot of times Um, and so I guess I'm, I'm reminded that Christ has shown me the way and that the spirit empowers me and that this is the work that God has given me to do. Um, so, so, so then I, I must do that with, um, diligence and with seriousness, Mm -hmm. right. That, that I'm committed to, to works of, of justice beauty evangelism i'm committed to being a person of deep prayer i'm i'm constantly holding up my character and behavior to jesus like if if it doesn't look like jesus then i'm not then i'm not embodying the vocation of the good shepherd right Mm -hmm. um that's not necessarily like advice for preaching but more so like self-aware, reflective moments about um, w- these passages are are mirrors to those of us who are responsible in spiritual ways for the well-being of others. Whether that's like a congregation or a nuclear family or like or a small group or whatever, fill in the blank. But um, but it, it's it's a, a moment of sobering self-reflection for sure.
0: Yeah, that's really really good. That's really good. I think taking that lead in all of our prep for, you know, even reading scripture and, and studying and preparing for how we might speak to those that we are discipling, because like you said, it all comes down to our discipleship and that posture really does shape um, those, those interactions a lot. So that's, that's really powerful. Thank you for, for sharing that self-reflection with us. Um, We're looking forward to continuing this conversation in Eastertide. As as Pastor Alicia said, we are kind of in that tension between uh, the resurrection and Pentecost, um, awaiting to see what the future holds. Uh, Know that our prayers are with you. Uh, We are thankful to be a part of this preaching community um, with you. Um, If you would Follow us on all those socials and leave us some feedback on wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us to get the word out to those who might also find our resources um, beneficial to their work. Um, Give us any feedback that you are wrestling with or struggling with through this season in your preaching life. Um, It always helps us to prepare the the resource in the best way possible. Um, And We look forward to joining you next week as we continue to study the scriptures together.